welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it's going to be fast and loose, baby. We're uh, oh, yeah. we're here. I'm tired. Penny is <laughs> I'm always tired. living life yeah. over in Boston. He's yeah. a small child. He's always tired. He, yeah. he knows how to manage his tiredness better than I do. He is a small child. I do not. Uh, but I'm very tired from having written, I counted earlier this week, 20,000 words in mm. four days. So the draft guide is in full swing, and hopefully you're going to have it by mid-June. <laughs> Before the that. draft is the goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, by June 20th. We will the get goal. there. <laughs> that was no, like in, in, uh, in, high, in high school, our yearbook, they had like uh, – because they have to print it, right? So they printed it yeah. <laughs> in like the spring. Like we're going to send you the insert of all the spring sports. Just like never came. Like, ah, I'll, I'll get there. I'm still waiting for it 20 <laughs> years later. So I hope the draft guide beats my the timeline of my yearbook. No promises right now, Penny. No promises. Uh, the thing we're going to do today, we are going to talk uh, about early entry decisions that have occurred. We finally are going to have a draft pool in T minus, I guess, one, two hours, something yeah. like that, three hours. Mm-hmm. R- Rothstein is sending you text messages. Get, what, what did Rothstein just send you? Three more hours. We're close. So yeah. that must mean it must be midnight. Yeah. It's nine o'clock here at Eastern. So midnight must be the, the cutoff. Yeah. This isn't is June now. We, we've moved it, on. It's June. This isn't we sleep in May anymore. It's June. We're back to work. Yeah. Can John even sleep in May? Uh, I, think I think he tried to. And, and there's too many transfers and, and too many guys in and out of the draft. He, he's like me. He's just used to it. Just like, I have a, a three-year-old who wakes up and screams. He just has his, his cell phone of, uh, of hot news to break. Yeah. You have a three-year-old and Rothstein has a three-year-old phone. He does. So it's, nah, it's, it's all good. Than, older than that. Beautiful human. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, this is all positive with John. Oh, yeah. Hashtag, we, we need to get John on the pod. That's the <laughs> that's an easy one. Fast and loose. Fast and loose podcast here today, folks. Talking about the NBA early entry process. We're going to talk uh, all of the guys that have made decisions. We've got Dale and Terry. We've got um, Moose Diabate, Caleb Houston, Quavion Smith, etc. All of the many players that have made decisions. Then we're going to do a mailbag portion of the podcast. Penny's face looks very surprised right now looking at him. Did, did a decision just happen? Because we're still waiting on I'm, I'm trying. Jim, Timmy, Trevor Keels, and Marcus Sasser. Yeah, like that, was, that's the three. I was trying to scroll, but you sent the bat signal for mailbag questions. So I'm like, 13 notifications. Like, who's in? Who's out? I'm like, oh, just the people who actually uh, listen and, and interact. It's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, aren't our listeners the best? I'm always so like just so stunned every time we get like 80 questions for the podcast. Yeah. And there's a there's a hundred last week. It's it's unreal. And I'm so appreciative. Like I genuinely love all of you guys. Thank you so much for and, and, uh, and the uh, the hundred people that send in questions. That's as many people or players who think they have first round guarantees. So that's what makes this podcast so special today because there's 58 picks this year we lost two because of forfeit and i think there's just as many guys who who think they're getting guaranteed money and with the deadline it's been fun who's in who's out but i I also just sort of anticipate draft night being dark for a lot of guys i I don't want to be like the grim reaper here but reality's coming around the corner pretty quickly no i think that matt is right for that for what it's worth uh I saw that our friend Adam Spinella recently on the pod, he tweeted uh, over the weekend, basically like I've counted 55 guys or something like that, that have first round grades somewhere from some people that are reliable or uh, are, you know, reputable draft sources. And that's 
kind of how teams feel right now. I wouldn't say it's 55. I think it's probably more like 45 for them. But whenever teams ask me or agents ask me like, yeah, like what do you think the range is for my guy? Or what do you think the range is on this prospect? If they're in the 20 to 45 range, I go all the way down to 45. And then the agent will be like, there's no way my guy's going 45. And I'm just like, look, probably not, but someone has to drop to 45 out of this group. They, they, so, they do. And, and I did a like community mock draft this weekend with the Mavs Magic draft guy on there and a bunch of draft Twitter people. And you're just surprised when you have, like I had Charlotte, so I had 13, 15, 45, right? But once you start picking for actual teams, it doesn't matter what your big board is. Like guys slide and like really good players slide in, into the second round and there's GMs and front offices that have a lot better Intel information feel gut on this than us. And there's going to be guys that, that take the tumble even out of the draft into non-guaranteed money that walk in draft night. They're probably at their house and not at the green room per se and have a different thing in mind of, of how the, the night would end. Yeah, it's and I don't blame like representation here. I don't blame like, you know, players families here it's just a complicated year like there's a real chance that someone that is like andrew nemhard is in this draft right like andrew nemhard could go 46 he could go honestly like 29 or something like that Mm -hmm. i don't mean that to say that who has 29 is it memphis or golden state i don't mean to say that memphis or golden state is specifically going to take andrew nemhard i just mean that as a general range like he could legitimately go 29th overall and like that wouldn't yeah blow my mind right like he could go 46th and there's an enormous difference between going 29th and 46th given the guaranteed contract like same with uh, you know uh, some of the younger guys the teams are very split on like kendall brown is very polarizing and he could go somewhere he could really tumble i think unfortunately um it's just complicated and Now we're in the midst of this early entry process that is ending tonight where, again, we're still waiting on Drew Timmy, Marcus Sasser, and Trevor Keels. Like, I I don't know how to advise some of these guys. Like, I think it really just depends on your emotional intelligence and what you want your life to look like. Although I will say, for Drew Timmy, like, go back to school and make a lot of money. Like, (laughs) just... Just do it. You're, you're going to make twice as much money going back to Gonzaga as you will playing in the NBA next year. Be the actual face of college basketball. He's probably like one of the Mount Rushmore of, of faces college basketball. Like you're the guy now. This is is your kind of sport. You, you, you do the mustache thing uh, a hundredfold. Gonzaga will be good with Julian Strother going back or Sierra Bolton going back. Go back and be the dude because the the NBA, to, to what you said, I, I just don't think he would make as much money playing professionally. Uh, there's still some things he can work on and iron out in his game. I don't know if the, the foot speed jump defensively is going to necessarily get there. If the shooting becomes reliable on the move or set threes, it's just more of a, it's going to be his decision, right? It's going to be like, Hey, I, I want to go make money, be a pro. I don't want to go to class anymore, but Gonzaga's not a bad spot to be at either. Here's the thing. Adam Morrison is probably like the Gonzaga legend, right? Like the, when you think of Gonzaga, like when you think of North Carolina, you think of Michael Jordan. When you think of Duke, you think of Christian Leitner. Christian Leitner. Right? Mm-hmm. Or like when you think of Michigan, you think of Chris Weber, Right? Drew Timmy, if he leads Gonzaga to the national championship next year, and look, 
what the best team in the country has a 5%, 10% chance to win the national title, right? If Drew Timmy is the one that leads Gonzaga to a national championship and he is the first player to do that, he is the all-time guy at that school. There is Ooh. nobody else. John Stockton. It's, it, it's no, it's not even close. It will be Drew Timmy. He will be a three-time All-American that led them to a title. Like, look, I, I, I love me some Drew Timmy. I do. John Stockton's on the dream team. It doesn't matter. Oh, I think about fans it. at that school will not think of it as John. They will think of it as Drew Timmy. They will think of Drew Timmy ahead of Adam Morrison if he leads them to a championship. Morrison. That is a much more, and this is like thinking out into the future, but like, and you're thinking of like a 5% chance of it happening, 7% chance of it happening, but you absolutely take that chance. If you're also going to be making double what you're going to make in the NBA on a two-way contract, if you're Drew Timmy, yeah. right? Do, like this is a no brainer. Spokane bar and grill and, you know, the, the four dealership out there and there's room. Shout out Jack there. and Dan's baby. <laughs> Stockton's dad's bar. Whoa. Yeah. I'm sure they'll, they'll have some money behind it. Uh, yeah. It's like, he's gonna make his endorsement money. It's a different one. He can do it in Spokane and, and get more, more reps to become one of the all time college basketball. Grits. I don't see that happening in, in year one, the NBA professionally playing either. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk about Gonzaga now. 20 to 45 next year, just to throw the, the random number <laughs> that we have this year on it, right? 20 yeah, to yeah, 45, we're, right? We're, we're doing all the hedges. I, I love Julian Strother. I was a fan for a while. He came out really hot as his off-ball scorer this season. It, it was good for like a sneaky 17 a game when no one was really paying attention to him, and they were so hyper-focused yeah. on Timmy and Chet. And then it caught up. He, he cooled down as the season went on. And I like the size and the shooting. But he was best as like the fourth option out there. He shot 34% from three the second half of the year. Now he goes back. They have Rasir Bolton. They have uh, a little bit older Hunter Salas. He can improve the shooting, work on the passing reads, still be the the cutter slasher away from the ball. That'll get him on an NBA court quicker than anything else. And a chance to be a first-round guy in a year. And just he has to channel more of that player he was versus Duke. We had 20 and 10 shooting eight for 16 from the field. That game was in Vegas, his hometown. I think he has a real chance to kind of be more of a, a breakout name and solidify himself in the twenties a year from now. Assuming Drew Timmy is back, let's let's do that, right? Gonzaga is the number one team in the country, right? Where's North Carolina? They're up there, but like this would be Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas, you know, two post hype freshman guards that yeah. have a real shot to be first round picks next year. Mm-hmm. Hunter or uh Julian Strother, who we just said has a chance to be a first-round pick next year, and Drew Timmy, one of the great college bigs, like if not the best college big in the country. Um, on top of that, you have Anton Watson, a really good defensive guy who can step in and be a consistent presence. And then they got Efton Reed in the transfer portal. And right. I think they still have – they have one more scholarship that they can give out. Uh, right? Maybe right. Yeah, I think that I think they have one more. Plus, they have Braden Huff, the kid that won. Did he win Mister Illinois this year? He he might have been. He, he played on our circuit too. He was with the Illinois Wolves. Mm-hmm. They won the Under Armour Championship with Jaden Shutt, who's going to Duke. Really good, skilled, can score, can play the high post, do some of the dribble handoff stuff. Gonzaga, I'm gonna like contradict myself immediately because Chet Holmgren's going to be a top three pick and, and plays a lot. But they can bring their bigs along 
slowly too. And if you have that front court, you don't have to rush him into it. He's going to be good. Just needs a little bit of time. Yeah. Like I wouldn't expect him to play, you know, 30 minutes a night next year. I would expect him to be able to step into the rotation next year, basically. Um, But that's essentially a starting lineup of Nolan Hickman, Rashir Bolton, you know, one of Julian Strother or Hunter Salas, probably Julian Strother and bring Hunter Salas off the bench as the sixth man. And then you have Drew Timmy and Efton Reed, or you have Julian Strother at the four and Drew Timmy at the five, or maybe they go out and get another guy, right? Like this is a loaded team. Again, they, to me, they are the number one team in the country going into the year. They're right there. I mean, you still also have Creighton, who's going to be really good. Houston's going to be really good. Kentucky should be better. Uh, UCLA, I, I wouldn't count them out. It's fun. I, I I felt like today was a lot of decisions, and I talked about this with a, a media person earlier. It was a lot of decisions today like for college basketball. I don't think there's many like impact NBA decisions like, holy crap, that guy was projected 12th. He's in or out. These were guys in that 20 to 45 range, more toward like the 45 who will make college basketball great and may not have like that that real type of pop in the NBA. So it, it was today thus far has been a, a win for college basketball overall. Well, and you had the first, we'll just like, you know, kick off mailbag here early with an early question, but then we'll go into what we want the meat of the podcast to be. But you had an early question that I think kind of transitions into that. Yes, and I'm going to pose it to you. So you posed this 14 minutes ago, and literally within the minute, the first response was from Tristan R. Tucker. Sam, this is for you to start. Most surprising draft withdrawal deadline decisions. I mean, it's got to be Terquavion Smith, right? That's my like, for sure. So I'll be transparent here. So I, I'd been told from the jump from sources, sources uh, that Terquavion Smith was purely testing the waters, right? It's not that he was definitely going back to school. It's that there was real uncertainty as to whether or not he was going to be in this 2022 NBA draft when he declared for the draft. Uh, he decided to, at the end of the day, go back to NC State in a way that is not all that surprising given the fact that there was... There was real uncertainty there is all I will say, like basically in terms of as soon as he declared for the draft, it was not clear that he was going to be in the draft. Having said that, he had a great pre-draft process that really opened the eyes for a lot of teams. He had a good uh, NBA draft combine game where he had like 17 points, Mm -hmm. Um, did really, really well. So in, in that vein, I'm a little bit. I figured that if he had a good pre-draft process, he would go through to the NBA and be a first-round pick. And I absolutely believe Turquavion Smith would have been a first-round pick. Having said that, this isn't – it's surprising to me because of the fact he had a good pre-draft process. I am not surprised based off the information I had when he originally declared for the draft. Thanks for the sources now. Make us look like an idiot. You actually took him in a mock draft, so I'm blaming you for this. You were the first person yeah, that had him in like the, <laughs> the first. You're like, oh, I think I'm 29th. I was surprised by this one because he goes into the combine with the knock. He can't play in the NBA weighing 165 pounds. He crushes workouts. He, I think he won the star shooting drill. 
He won all the one-on-one competition stuff. He had 17 points in that first combine game and shuts it down. Normally, when you shut it down, it's because you have some inkling, whether it's a promise or a range or a guarantee that, like, I've showed enough here. So I I just assumed that he was gone. So that's why I was so surprised. Maybe it's because he wants more on-ball reps. Like you said, maybe it's time to get bigger and stronger at NC State. When he said he was going back to school, I talked to a handful of NBA scouts and I said, what What did I get wrong here? I, I sort of had him at like 24. Is he around there? And they all sort of said the same thing. Ironically, it was yeah. 25 to 35. It wasn't 25 to 40. But maybe just the guarantee wasn't high enough. Maybe it was, hey, we, we really like you. The love word didn't come out. That was the next step in the relationship. There wasn't a full-on promise and wanted more of a guarantee. Purely yeah. speculating. But if that was the sort of range that scouts gave him he he sees and we've hyped it up enough maybe he goes back and, and he's the Jaden ivy guy that we've been talking about he's the johnny davis guy we have been talking about who has this big explosion the next year after maybe being a guy in the 20s and now definitely being a guy in the top 10 to 15 what do we think turquavion smith needs to improve upon in order to make that rise up the board like Jaden ivy did this year number one is definitely weight and number two is playing winning basketball. There's a lot of times at NC State where I thought him and Darion Sebron just kind of took turns chucking a little bit, and, and he's wired to score. He's a real scorer. It just – there were stretches where it was almost like in spite of what the offense was going on there. Like, that was not the shot we wanted. That's – you know, we're down six. Like, we don't need a, a fadeaway three here. If he's able to just sort of hone out all the the negative stuff and be a little bit more structured while keeping those athletic tools and gifts – be impactful that would be the difference for me yeah no i I think that's dead right uh needs to add the weight because he has real finishing pop in terms of like vertical pop like he throws down some really impressive offhand lefty dunks but he was one of the worst finishers in the draft class this year statistically like in the 30s in terms of finishing at the half uh at the rim in the half court uh really needs to be able to do that nc state i would love for them to be able to find like a spacing big like, I think that would really, really help them moving forward. Uh, I'm not like the most enormous fan of DJ Burns, who they brought in, but he'll be able to score. I just worry that he might take up too much space for Turquavion to really pop at the rim. Um, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see how that goes. He needs to add weight, needs to take it really seriously, though. Um, I think he will be a first round pick next year, but you know, he decided to defer and that's cool too. And I appreciate the way that he deferred uh, to John Gavoni as well. Uh, He said, basically, I want to be a college kid next year. Like should respect the hell out of it. Like if (laughs) you're not ready, don't go like emotional intelligence is such a critical thing. And that is another thing that I'd been told, like the family, there was no pressure on him to make this decision. It was all his decision. It was all about what he was ready to do, whether he was ready to be a professional, whether he was ready to play in the NBA. Uh, kudos to Turquavion Smith's family, first and foremost, for not putting that pressure on him. And kudos to Turquavion for just being like, you know what? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm comfortable here. Like, I, I need one more year to really figure this out, you know? cool i like it i'm all in on it i do and, and while we're here while we're talking the wolf pack while, while we're talking nc state one of the ones that was surprising for me i don't know if you're, you get your bag of sources here was 
Darion Sebron staying in the draft. Uh, if anything, I thought it would be role reversal that Turk would go in and, and Darion would go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darion, it started with me, like the case of I went watching for him and then I saw Turquavion. and I'm like, well, who's that guy? And that's why Turquavion was prospect of the week early in the season or whatever. For Sebron, I, I like the toughness. I like how he defends. I like how he rebounds for the position. Has decent vision oh. for like what? Matthew. What? Matthew. What? He's a horrible defender. I, I mean, good good enough. I'm, I'm trying to like sell the, the toughness, the rebound. He at least rebounds, right? Like he rebounds for his position. Rebounds, yeah. Well, look, they yeah. lost eleven of twelve. Like we're we're trying to take the the positives out of here. He has good vision for at least finding assists. Uh, relentless as a downhill driver slasher, he stays with a shot and misses. But it's not always pretty. It's not always pretty on yeah. offense or, or defense. And the the shooting was about twenty percent from three on both years. I just don't know what like the push is to. Uh, th- I'm here, like I'm ready to play professional basketball in the NBA. So this this does not come from sources. This comes from me, like kind of reading. I mean, look, I've talked to NBA teams about it, but like my read on this is he did really well at the combine. Yeah. He did really well uh, setting himself up for success. He's had a good pre-draft process. And I think the idea is why not just capitalize now? Um, am I really going to improve upon the things I need to drastically improve upon? I'll be honest. Like if Darian Seaburn would come back next year and would shoot the ball, he's a first round pick probably, right? Yeah. Like I also understand the desire to capitalize and strike while the iron is hot, right? Like go pro. You've had a good process. Your momentum is going up. Uh, I would expect he's on a two-way contract this year. Um, do I think he would have made $500,000 in NIL next year at NC State? I don't know. Probably not, right? No, nah, like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. It could be an age thing, too. I wanted to double-check, but he just turned 22 like a, a week or yep. two ago. Maybe he thinks that the clock is ticking there a little bit. Like, hey, I, I got to go. I've had a good pre-draft. Sort of am what I am as a prospect. This is... I'm not going to make these drastic improvements where I become that guy you talked about. So take yeah. the take the spot when you can now. Yeah, great passer, great playmaker, great driver toward the basket. If he shoots or defends, I would say in that order. Like I would like to see him shoot more than I'd like to see him defend. Um, if he shoots or defends, he plays in the NBA for a while. Uh, I don't think he will. I, I don't think I would bet on him doing either. But I understand betting on yourself. I understand trying to make it work that way. Um, I'm cool with it at the end of the day. Um, we have breaking news, Matthew oh, Penny. Oh, live. Instant reaction. Who we got? Breaking news. Marcus Sasser is back. He's going to Houston. Oh, I like that. For one Good. more year. Good. Uh, that team is loaded, by the way. Do you have a new number one on the air? No. They're number two, though. <laughs> yeah. So Creighton, who you bet on, that was one of your bets, right? Your futures bets or your futures bet you have Yeah, third. I got them at like 100 to 1, though. Like, <laughs> right. value, baby. It's all about value. Yeah, Houston that- was literally the favorite to win the title uh, when I bet on or when I bet on Creighton. So, look, Cray- Houston's going to be great. Like, Jamal Shedd is a great pressure guard, good defensive guard, point of attack. Marcus Sasser's a killer shot maker. He does defend, even though he's a smaller guard. Um, there are two freshmen they have coming in, Jarris Walker. Uh, oh, potential yeah. one and done that you can talk about a little bit more. 
the one and done that I or the freshman I really like for them, and I've mentioned him on the podcast before, is Terrence Arsenal. Yeah, you love him. I think he's good, man. Like I had an agent clue me into him, and I was like, oh no, this guy is like actually good. Um, he has all of the tools to be a one and done. He's six seven, has like a seven foot wingspan, shoots the ball, defends at a high level. He fits really, really well with what Houston wants to do. I think particularly. So you have multiple one and done level talents. You have a great, like actual talented backcourt with experience. Mm -hmm. You have Tremont Mark as well, who missed a lot of this year and will be returning really, really good player. Uh, the last thing they need is like a, they need one more front court guy. I think they just need to find that front court guy in the portal somewhere. They got to play Jareth Walker a lot in the front court too. And, and Jareth has had, yeah. he was really bigger and so much physically stronger. So he was a guard and then he got really big in like middle school and kept sort of that like Larry Johnson style of game. And then he gets to high school. He's like, well, I'm a guard. So he's doing like the, I'm a big guard and it doesn't look right. And then he, he buys in, he changes into more like this four, three type of guy that can make shots that can make plays off the dribble, but let's focus on rebounding, defending, playing big while having that touch and being a mismatch guy. Uh, I watched him work out uh, about three weeks ago now, and he's gotten better. His body's leaned out. He had a, a great year at IMG Academy, and he's going to be a contributor. And Kelvin Sampson gets them all playing so hard and, and playing within each other, too. Yeah. Uh, I like Sasser during the pre-draft. He's much better at the G League Elite Combine and kind of played through his injury. wasn't the same at the NBA Combine. I like that decision to go back because the season was cut short anyway because of uh, that set injury. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, Houston would be my number two, and they would be number one if Drew Timmy here in the next two hours decides to not go back to Gonzaga. Um, okay. Who do you want to go to next? We've answered a question. We did. We've talked breaking news. We've talked NC State now, um, and we talked Gonzaga. Matthew Penning, you are up. Well, let's do uh, a guy that is in. Uh, let's talk Ryan Rollins from Toledo. They had a, a really big year there. As a sophomore, as a young sophomore, 19.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists per game, 47% from the field, 31% from three. That was uh, the hang-up. And I have him on the Well, do you know what the most important accomplishment is, Penny? Is this the combo, like, 19-year-old who averaged 19 points per game? No, he was a game theory prospect of the week, Penny. Oh, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of those. damn it. Come on. It's, It's fast and loose. I don't know how loose we're going. Uh, he is he is the uh, he is the king of the mid range. The shot looks too clean yeah. for it not to translate. That's sort of how I read it. I liked how he played in the combine. He showed he had some vertical pop with like a block at the rim that was called for a foul. But I was like, yeah. I didn't know he really had that a- as much. And he looked like he belonged. He wasn't sped up. Yeah. He moved well away from traffic. Had good feet on kind of those spins and relocations. I'm good with this one. No, yeah, he'll be a top forty pick. I think. Um, Real chance of going in the first round. Teams love his creativity, love what he can do off the bounce. Um, you know, the three-point shot is a concern that I've talked about with teams. That's not inaccurate. Like, they're, they are worried about whether or not he's going to consistently knock down shots. But uh, as you said, he is one of two freshmen or two teenagers in the country last year to average 19 points as a 19-year-old. Uh, it was him and Johnny Davis. Mm. So... I think that teams will be high on Ryan Rollins. I think he will go somewhere in the top 40, and I think it will be on a guaranteed contract next year. It makes more sense for him to go back, I think. 
Go back to the NBA. Go to the NBA. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. My brain Oof. died. Okay, we're losing. <laughs> so go to the NBA. Okay. Okay. He's in. Next. The Michigan guys. Okay. Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. Okay. Let's talk Caleb Houston first because Houston continues to be a source of every time that you play with your headphones, I assume that like. I'm talking too loudly and shouting, and you're just like having to pull away the headphone. No, so that no, I, I, like, I have a super, I have a superhuman body. Like I have really big ears; they get really hot really easily. That's all this is. Don't have to make more. Make, don't have to make more than that. That's all it is. I just want to be very clear. I have a superhuman body. Our words <laughs> super weird. Super, super, we- super weird. I, I'm just um, I'm awkwardly built. That's all it is. You're, you're not well, the Australian good, airways so- aren't, aren't are hurting me. You know what this is? This is a podcast of balance. Right? <laughs> it so, really is. It really is. Doster, Rob Doster, Field of 68, you know, love <laughs> those guys. Go subscribe to everything. He made fun of me uh, a week ago because of the way oh, the I wear headphones. my AirPods. They're ridiculous. Right? They are. And the reason for that is that I have very small ears. Oh, and thus, perfect. I've literally been told this by a doctor, have very small ear canals. So the headphones literally do not fit in my ears. Oh, is this recording? This is going to be a, this is a real professional podcast. Well, it just looks like when you have your earpods in, it looks like they're about to like shoot laser beams somewhere. They're like aiming at something. That's right. And and people said to me before, like, can you help Sam with that? I'm like, I'm not going to tell him how to wear his his headphones, but the, the tiny ear canals. I guess that, no, uh, it's, it's literally nice. like so. Like most people wear them just like down, right? Like pointed Correct. downward. Like a normal person, you put in headphones. Yeah, like a normal down. person, yeah. right? And <laughs> the reason that I can't do that is like if you if I point it that way, the way that the ear canal is shaped, I literally can't hear anything. It blocks out all sound. <laughs> we gotta talk Michigan. This is so bad. We gotta move on. People that don't also know that we we recorded for like an hour earlier today draft prospects and we did like eight intros because we couldn't stop laughing <laughs> microphone was falling off this is this is not the day or maybe it is i don't know i hope people are laughing the, and not like when the pop you talk about prospects like and stop talking about earphones right now but oh uh, my that's God. a good laugh i'm really tired uh yeah caleb houston life. let's go caleb houston i didn't think it was a surprise okay. because there were promised rumors out there so when it said i'm staying in the draft i just thought yeah i, I know like <laughs> everyone thought that so like look I've talked to a lot of decision makers. Nobody can point to the team yet where Caleb Houston has the promise. Like, do you you think there is a promise for him to say this? You think he just, uh, I'm all in. I, I wonder if a team maybe hasn't promised him, or maybe they have like a few teams, not just one team in the second round where they're like, if you're there and we keep the pick, you are very likely to be our pick, basically. Sure. Or like, if you're on the board, we have pick. I don't even know who has pick 42. So this is not me saying this team. Um, if you're there and we have pick 42, we will take you. Uh, and he, they have like maybe a few of those teams that are like that. But again, like Caleb Houston is working out for teams. Like he worked out for Golden State, you know, two days ago, three days ago or something like that. So Golden State is 29. You would presumably think that if he has a promise before 29, he's not going to work out for Golden State, right? Yeah. Um, 
my my reasonable guess on this is that Caleb Houston's agents feel very good about a few teams in the second round that will give Caleb Houston a guaranteed contract, and then they will try to work him up into the first round. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, look again, like I've talked to multiple like high level decision makers on this and they're just like, they'll either just straight up say like, we don't think there's promise or yeah. they will say, look, maybe there is, but we don't know who it is, you know? So either that team has done a great job of keeping it quiet. Like if you remember the Matisse Thibel thing, like everyone by the combine knew that Matisse Thibel had a promise from Philadelphia. No, it's like, sort, of, sort of like the Poku thing too. Everyone like had that one. Knew that Oklahoma City really liked him. Two or three. At the very yeah. least. Yeah. So I'm I'm skeptical, I would say, maybe is the way to put it. And where did you or where do you currently have him roughly? In the forties somewhere. Yeah. I think I'm around the fifties because he was up and down this year. He still shot thirty six percent from three. He recovered a little bit. But three games of NCAA tournament, he had a combined eighteen points in ninety six minutes. He was scoreless in 32 minutes against Tennessee. I know he was more of a star on the Canadian national team. I like as a second-round flyer, a first-round guarantee, which it, based on conversations you have, it doesn't sound like that. I, I wouldn't be on, on board and, for that. I'm sorry. I misspoke. So, like, if he had a promise at 25 or something like that, I want to make sure I get this right because I think I said it this way, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, if he had a promise at, like, 25 24 26 i'm gonna throw a bunch of numbers out there because i don't want any specific team you know associated with this yeah 24 Um, is milwaukee 25 is the spurs yeah you don't want to presumably he would not work out at golden state right you try and work out above that golden state 28 right yeah so i I'm hesitant on all. I am very skeptical. I think that there might be like some assurances from a few teams. Hey, we feel really good about Caleb. We really like him. I'm skeptical that there's like a done and dusted decision there, I guess is what I would say. And what about his teammate, Musa Diabate? Were you surprised by that yeah. move to stay in the draft? No, because the intel the whole year which i'm sure you'd heard in which i think like brendan quinn my colleague at the athletic has like kind of said like that it was unlikely for musa diabate to be back at michigan um do i think this is a mistake i do Uh, i have not talked to teams that have anything but a two-way grade on musa diabate um is there maybe a team out there that likes him more than that very possible and i just haven't talked to them or maybe I just haven't talked to like the right person in their organization at the highest level. I don't talk to all 30 GMs pre-draft. So it's possible that there's a team, but I have yet to talk to one that has him as more than a two way. Yeah. Similar. I, I do. I see it as just sort of the role that could work as an energy big. That's at least billed as switchable, although not all the time necessarily switchable. At 6'11 with a motor, he did have 28-8 and eight against Iowa and a win on the road. That's a big one for him. As a non-shooter and no real true go-to post moves, I don't know how the, the fit is there, but he does have a, a good activity level. I, I liked him in IMG Academy. Still has a long way to go. 
Yeah, I mean, very athletic, very active, very aggressive. Um, you know, don't think he does anything offensively that allows him to stay on the court right now mm-hmm. at an NBA level. This is kind of what it comes down to. Can't shoot, not really a great decision maker, not really a great processor. I, I, I don't, I don't get this one. I think this is a bad choice, to be yeah. honest. Um, do you want to take a quick commercial break? Let's take yeah, a quick commercial it. break. Fix our headphones. Okay, we'll be back momentarily. I'll fix my headphones, and we'll be in good. We'll be in a good space. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account. nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay, we're back. Penny is currently in the process of sending a photo of us <laughs> podcasting to one of our friends. Oh, yes. Um, we haven't talked Kansas yet, have we? Not this episode. No, we have not. So they have gotten two big, important decisions that are returning or entering school at Kansas. The first one is Jalen Wilson will be returning uh, to their front court. And the second one is that Kevin McCuller is going to be joining Uh, Jalen Wilson. Those two are very close friends from what I gather, and they're now going to get to play together. 
And that's exciting. Like Kansas is going to be great again next year. And yeah. I believe they still have, do they still have a roster spot? They might. They might. I was, I was actually looking at their roster today. They had 18 guys on the roster last year. So if they do, it's some funky math, but I, I wouldn't rule it out either. So they have McCormick is gone. Correct. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. McCormick is gone. They have, oh, they have the freshman coming in. That's right. They might not have a spot. Um, but next year they have all of Kevin McCuller, MJ Rice, Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick in that wing two through four range. And that is just an awesome, awesome group of wings that will not be topped by anyone in the country next year. Uh, that That is the best two through four depth in the class. Kevin McCuller is a top five defensive player returning to college basketball. Jalen Wilson will be set to average 15 to 16 points next year. Uh, and I think Grady Dick is going to be a one and done absolute stud first round pick uh, as a shooter and floor spacer. So uh, Kansas again, you know, top six team in the country next year in all likelihood. Yeah. And Ernest Uday up, up front there. Yeah. I think you mentioned MJ Rice. And now with Wilson and McCullough coming back, it's a different look, even though they won the national championship. So I know yeah. it'd be billed as like run it back. It's like sort of like, yes, absolutely. But it, it's different from McCullough. He did get some decent buzz as a potential second round guy during this draft cycle. And he'll have hopefully, I mean, we just rattled off a, a loaded roster, but hopefully more offensive freedom at Kansas than he did at, at Texas Tech has to show he can improve the low high 20s low 30s three-point shooting and I'm, I'm interested to see how many of those looks he gets when you do have Grady Dick and, and Jalen Wilson and for Jalen I'm glad he's back he had sort of this redemption tour later in the season he performed well enough at the combine some teams late second undrafted free agent type range yeah now you can run it back be more of a focal point and just show the more expansionary game too yeah I mean I'm a big fan of uh this Kansas roster for next season. I think that with Dewan Harris as well, you know, really under underrated uh, lead guard, this is going to be the best defensive backcourt in the country next year with Dewan Harris and Kevin McCuller. I think that they should try to find maybe one more big, like there's a lot of reliance there on Ernest Uday. Uh, maybe they think Zach Clements is going to be able to step into a role. I kind of sneaky liked Clements. I liked him too. Uh, yeah in the moments that we saw him this year before the injury. So I, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested on him. I, I think that this team has a real chance to win a national title again next year. And yeah. for how much they lost, given that, you know, Remy Martin's not going to be there. Jalen Coleman lands isn't going to be there. Ochai isn't going to be there. Um, you know, we, we can go up and down the list of guys that they're going to lose. Christian Brown, obviously another important one. Uh, Bill Self has done an incredible job of reloading here. I, so. I assume Mitch Lightfoot will be there because he's just contractually obligated to play for Kansas for the rest <laughs> of his life. And oh, what a way to go out. You're in college for eight years and win a national championship on the way out the door. It's perfect. So happy for him, too. Okay. Next up, let's go Harrison Ingram, maybe? Great. Let's do it. Uh, I what do you think of Harrison Ingram's decision? Yeah. Loved it. I love that he left. A lot of times, the guys are in that 50-ish range. It gets slippery. They stay in. They stomp their feet. Sam a pro. 
he was not good the last month of the season. He was two for 12 from the field against Arizona. He was two for 10 for the field against Cal. He was two for 10 for the field against Arizona State with seven turnovers. That's not a first round pick. I mean, I, I really like his size at six foot seven. I like how he sees over the top of the defense, has that slow mo pace game to him, rebounds well. Common theme, shot has to improve. Has to be more than a, a 31% yep. shooter from three if he's not going to be able to beat guys straight line off the dribble. The spins and stuff isn't always going to work in the NBA against better athletes. I had him in the early 50s. You go back to school, kind of be that guy towards the middle of the year where I thought he's 20 to 30 range. The skill set's not going to change, but the intrigue can still be there. And I'm glad he went back. It's good for him. Yeah, I, I think that's all well said. Uh, Dalen Terry. Ooh. is next and boy do i love dalen terry i was gonna say you you have the floor on this one i felt it was we saw it coming we saw the the train turning the corner in pre-draft and I, I was not surprised by him staying dalen terry is someone that you and i have talked about on this podcast a lot yeah. as someone that we are very high on long term I didn't know that it would be coming this soon and he has put the pressure on me to just make me put my chips down now <sighs> as opposed to later. Uh, I respect it. Dale and Terry, six foot seven, seven foot one wingspan, all defense guy in the pack 12, very switchable. You talk to people about him, energetic, competitive, just like about it in a way that you're going to want to have him around on your team. Uh, passes really really well he played point at times for arizona this year uh, i thought that arizona frankly was a little bit better when he played point as opposed to kirk Risa. when kirk was um, hurt yeah yeah like i thought that they ran really really well with dale and terry as the guy um really needs to work on the shot but the shot is not broken like i'm i'm going to have a top 20 grade on dale and terry i am putting it down now i am a Big Dale and Terry guy, and if he is uh, on the board anywhere in the top 25, the team should take him, I think. They do, and I have him at 22 as I, I pulled up my big board here. I had an agent tell me in late February, I think, they said, watch Dale and Terry. He's going to be the guy. I said, I don't know. He just doesn't really have the the reps, the opportunity. Kirk Reese gets hurt, so you see the full show, and then he comes back, and you still see the intangibles, so you see how he plays off the dribble, and versatility is the, is the word for him, and Teams fall for also good personalities and that infectious nature during the interview process. We're able to shine through and say who I really am beyond just the court that stuck out. I would have liked to have seen to go back and go from like glue guy to the guy. I, I get it. You're, you're a top 20, a, a real top 20 range guy, not 25 to 40, like a real top 20 range guy. You got to go. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm making you wait on the one that you want to talk about more than any. I don't want to talk about any sports. Any. Which one? Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, I'm making yeah. you wait. That's fine. Let's talk about Justin Lewis, though, because I think okay. this is an interesting decision, actually. Um, Justin Lewis measured at the Combine really well, decided not to play at the Combine, which was yeah. very odd to me. Uh, I know that you've done a decent amount of research into where you think teams are on Justin Lewis. I have. I have not heard like anything above like 25. Oh no. And like most of the time it's like mid second, I would say. Um, were you surprised by Justin Lewis deciding to stay in the 2022 draft as opposed to going back to Marquette? Not really. I knew he was on the, the board or it could have gone either way. 
I haven't talked to anyone yet with a first round grade on him. Every piece of feedback I got said he was a guy in the forties or so. I, I like the jump that he made from freshman sophomore year, netted out around seventeen points and eight rebounds, shot thirty five percent from three, forty four from the field. I, I do have questions about the defense. Uh, the motor and the commitment to kind of finishing plays at times. Like he'll play for about 20 seconds and not all the way through the clock. And Marquette was boat raced in the tournament. They were straight up and he was two for 15 for the field. So I don't think that necessarily helps him either. Can be a mismatch guy out of pick and pop or, or he likes going downhill and those dribble handoffs with the, with the head of steam shot. He's a little bit, he seems like he's more comfortable with his jumper than, than I am when I watch it. Uh, the numbers around the basket aren't great. Could be a roster, workers running to rotation type of guy. I, I still have a lot of questions with this game still. I would have liked him to go back to school, short to shooting. So what are the two most important skills you need to be a role player in today's NBA? Uh, number one is knowing your role. And number two, I'd say, yeah, shooting and, and not making mistakes was is the ones that would stand out the most to me. Yeah, so I would have said shooting and defense in space at this sure. point. Uh, you can carve out a role being able to play defense in space, both in terms of off-ball team defense and knowing where you need to be, as well as uh, on-ball defense, being able to stay in front of guys. If you can do that thing, you can get on the court. If you can shoot, you can get on the court. Justin Lewis doesn't either. Right. And it's a kind of similar situation. He's an entirely different player in every regard to Darion Sebron. But in terms of the way that they're going to operate on an NBA court, in terms of helping a team win, I just, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you like, I, I don't, I don't know. Not necessarily. Know it, it, it is, it, it is. The cell is, it's more in vogue to have these six, seven, six, eight, Sort of, are they a tweener? But a tweener is a good thing. 250 pounds, can shoot a little, can go off the dribble a little bit, can use in different offensive sets. And I, and I don't think he's like a five. I don't think he's one of these like small ball fives. But what we get caught up on a lot is we see guys like Draymond or see guys like Kevon Looney to say, oh, like he can just be a small ball five like them. Like those guys are elite, like supreme type athletes nba players so i don't want to like put him in that box either but i'm sure that's like the sort of mindset that people have with that but he can't he doesn't protect the rim like he's no, not i know a... I, I know but i'm saying like those we kind of make excuses for everyone else just saying like it'll just be like positionless but there's more to it than just saying he's a positionless guy yeah yeah i the the thing with being positionless is being able to stay on the court because you can defend in space like being able to defend in space is kind of what makes you positionless in some way now, exactly. right? Yes. Um, or not getting taken advantage of. And Justin Lewis has an enormous frame, yes. six, seven, six, seven and a half, seven, two wingspan, enormous hands. Like he looks like an NBA player on some level. He just doesn't have the skills to match. Um, Matt Penny is going to grab his phone charger or his computer charger now. Uh, we're back. That's the wingspan. That's all I needed. I he's back. Yeah. Look at that wingspan. I yeah. love it. We're we, we, limbs. While we're here, I have important news for Matt Penny specifically Uh-oh. and only Matt Penny. Okay. Nate Lashevsky, the apple of Matt Penny's eye. Northfield Matt Herman. He's back to Notre Dame. 
Breaking oh, news. I like that. Back to Notre Dame, the Irish. Good day for Coach Bray. Get him and JJ yeah. Starling are rolling. Is he the last player in college basketball that you have coached? I didn't coach Nate. Nate was after me. Nate was actually oh, on that Kellen Grady team. I don't think anyone's left yeah. in college basketball I coach, which is dark. It's just sad. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. But regardless, Nate Lachevsky, back Good to college back. Another name off the board. Um, one guy I do want to talk about, this decision happened like a while ago since we've been podcasting. Uh, you know, we've had like two or three episodes since this has happened. But Trace Jackson Davis returning, I think, yeah. is really important and makes Indiana like a legit top 15 team. Uh, I am an enormous enormous is probably strong i'm a big fan of trace jackson davis uh i love the fact that he's a legitimate rim protector he has way underrated elevation uh he is a legit shop blocker despite not having like crazy length Hmm. because off of two feet he really has good vertical pop and has a great sense of timing uh on top of that real touch around the basket obviously really needs to improve away from the rim and needs to be able to do something away from yeah. the rim as a scorer. But I I don't know. I, I kind of have like a sneaking suspicion that Trace Jackson Davis figures out a way to stick in the NBA. I had him like 60th or, or 58th, late, late second. So I, I like the one back to school. He is what he is, and, and he owns it. He's a lefty scoring post. He rebounds. He had a massive run in the conference tournament that included 31-10 and 10 against Iowa. He had 29-9 and 9 in the first round versus Wyoming. He is still only six foot nine. He's only taken three threes in three seasons at Indiana. They're all this year. When Mike Woodson got the job, part of the sell to Trace Jackson Davis, because he didn't know what he's going to do, is he's going to expand his game. He's going to take him out if he, he doesn't take threes. Just needs to do that to sort of fly up draft boards. You have, you have to see more, like what you're saying. I'm excited for Indiana this year. I, I really liked that Indiana team by the end of the year. I thought that they really figured some things out. You have Trace Jackson Davis as your centerpiece now. I think they have a really interesting backcourt coming back. They have Xavier Johnson still. I, you and I have liked Tamar Bates previously. Oh, like, I, yep. Yeah, like I, I actually candidate. think he's a breakout candidate. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued by what Indiana can be next year. They also have Jalen Hood, Shafino, uh, and Malik Renault coming in, and Malik Renault. Uh, should be a pretty interesting compliment to Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, originally committed to Florida during the coaching change, uh, moved his pledge over to Indiana. It's a, an interesting group. It is. Jalen Hutchfino, McDonald's All-American. Yeah, they're good, good pieces. They are good, young, but good pieces. And then you have the, the elder statesman, Trace Jackson Davis, to balance it all out. Matt Penny. It's time, isn't it? I have breaking Ooh. news. Oh, all right. Who do we got now? Tyler Burton. Withdrawing from the 2022 NBA draft, going back to Richmond. Smart move. Just not quite there yet in terms of his all-around game beyond being a shooter. But yeah, has a real chance. Yeah, He is. A little little bit mechanical, but I I like his game a lot. I I like that he's going back, too. That's the right decision. I think it's the right decision. I think he actually has a really good chance to be a 2023 NBA draft pick. Yes. Okay. Chris Murray. Uh Back to Iowa, another guy that I think has a good chance to be a 2023 first-round pick, I would say. Totally. The reports of the workouts with his brother uh, out in Chicago was, I don't want to say as good because let, let's stop the the madness there, but they're all very, very positive. And, and I thought he'd be 
potentially like a early to mid second round guy of let's bet on him. Is he Keegan Light? Can he be something like that? He's going to have a good season and a big season next year at Iowa when the offense probably runs through him a, a lot more. And they've had success on the jump with Luca Garza, with his brother. I anticipate more of a primary role for him. I undersold Keegan Murray last preseason because I didn't think he would would do this. I'm not going to undersell Chris Murray. I like his game a lot. John Butler from yeah. Florida State is going pro. I have no idea what this is. <sighs> like as a okay, beyond, so, beyond like being a bad decision. Like it's very uh, clearly a crazy decision. I think, but well, well, uh, he, he's it's overused. But he's legitimately like a big guard. Like he's not playing in the the front court really at at seven foot one. And I I the game I really remember the most is that Duke one where he had a few timely stops and baskets. He was a real difference maker out there. It didn't happen enough. He needs to develop. He felt overmatched at times. I looked at the numbers. He played 19 minutes a game for Florida State. How many will he get in the NBA? I mean, even Scotty Barnes and Patrick Williams, when they were on campus, they got about 25 minutes per game. I like them a lot more. I see is probably second round to undrafted. We talk about Kennedy Chandler's weight as being a problem, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Kennedy Chandler is two pounds less than John Butler, despite yeah. being a foot shorter. Yeah, that's a it's a wild stat. I mean, I this is he needed to go back to Florida State, put on strength. Like it's not like he was in a bad space to go put on strength, right? No. Like his career is going to be much more difficult now. He has talent. Like he can shoot. He's yeah. seven foot tall. He can move his feet really well, but he's probably going to be on a two-way contract to start next year. And this is a very <clears throat> real mistake. I think we talked about it and and you were watching Florida state earlier in the year and said, who is this was on my radar. This kid looks unbelievable. He blocked a shot. He had four points. And I got the same from a few people that saw warm-ups starting to lay up lines. Like, do you know this John Butler kid? Like, yeah, I know the backstory a little bit. Bounce around grassroots teams. Nobody said like, this is a, a lottery pick this year. A lot of the quote-unquote draft Twitter community likes him as sort of a stash. But even there, no one's screaming like, great, he's going to be a top 20 pick. Right. His career is going to be much harder because of this choice is my take. Like, yeah. It's going to be – he's going to be a two-way contract guy in all likelihood. I, I I mean, like, if even if he gets a guaranteed contract, he's so far away from being able to play competently in an NBA game that it's still just going to take forever. Like, and teams are going to get impatient with the roster spot to make it work. Like, this is – this is not a good choice. I'm, I'm so like, I feel bad. Like I, I think the kid has talent like and I yeah. think that like, there is a real chance that by the time he's 25 years old, has a chance to play in the NBA. He's just nowhere near there yet. No, not yet. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Um, Aminu Muhammad is physically ready to play in the NBA. Uh, you know, kind of the antithesis here where he doesn't really shoot it well, but is physically ready to play in the NBA. And I, I get this decision. I don't love it. Like I will have him somewhere in my top 50 uh, just because I would, 
I mean, would you give Aminu Muhammad a guaranteed contract? No. I, I don't think I would either, but he'd probably be one of my priority two-way guys. Absolutely. Because I think if you can teach him to shoot, he's so tough, he's so physical that I actually kind of like the rest of it. Yeah, he's a smash-mouth type of guy, but he's a 31% shooter from three. Georgetown did well in the portal. They were really bad last year. Could have went back and another kind of like just be the guy. I love him on a summer league team and, and G League minutes going forward, not as a, a first-round guarantee at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, interesting player. Not sure it – I don't know. His career, again – could be harder because of this choice, but he'll be on a two-way, and I think he at least has a chance to make an impact early in his career on the two-way, whereas someone like John Butler, like I think is just going to struggle to be able to get on the NBA court on his two-way. Yeah, you, you'd be like, less surprised if Amina Muhammad somehow slipped onto a roster and is like guarding somebody right. in, in the second half. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that, I kind of like see it. I don't think John Butler next season is finding his way onto an NBA court like, hey, we're going to run some, some pin-down action to free him up because he's a little bit thin. I don't think I don't think that's happening in the next two years, but like maybe three years. But I don't know. I'm maybe lower. Uh, okay, David Roddy. Yeah, David Roddy. I'm bummed by this one because I, just to I be clear, really Pete, David Roddy's in. Just want to be clear, he's in the David draft. Roddy is in the draft. Yeah, I'm really bummed by this one because I really, truly, genuinely want to love David Roddy as a prospect, and I can't yes. dive. I can't get in. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to watch him play basketball and like be a good basketball player somewhere. And like, I guess I'll be able to do that in the G league next year. Like he will be effective in the G league, but like, I, I don't know. He had terrible combine. Uh, I think we saw a lot of the issues that you would expect to see from David Roddy at the combine. Couldn't defend anyone in space. Lack of athleticism was readily apparent. Uh, all the skill in the world can really shoot it. Really interesting bowling ball type player. I want him to be really good. I, I just, it's, he's going to be like in the sixties, late fifties for me. And I don't, um, I don't know. I think I would have probably gone back. He's not the same guy, but I just heard all that, the combine negativity, and, and that was similar to what EJ Liddell got. He went back and said, all right, I got I to slim yeah. down. I got more athletic. I got to move my feet better. I got to shoot a little better. Obviously, Liddell's taller, and it's a different positionally, but you can and Roddy take, can shoot already, yeah. Sure, but you can take like the teachings of that and see how it worked for other guys. I love watching David Roddy play. I think it's a very fun watch. I don't know if it's going to be a fun watch in the NBA. He's strong. He has fast feet for his size. The tweener thing is good until it's not good, and it, the like for him. The I don't think it's like a, a positive positionless, but for him, it's like yeah. what position does he guard on the other end? How will he be as a rotational guy? Wanted to go back to school. It's it's going to be a, a more difficult path to get some NBA minutes. The line between tweener and versatile is very thin. He is on the tweener side of it. Uh, he can't defend anyone, I don't think, at the NBA level. He's too slow to defend guards right now. And honestly, he might be too slow to defend threes and fours if we're just being like completely real about it. And, and you just to do that and for an NBA team to hide you, you have to shoot at such a high level. And I don't know necessarily if he's going to be able to do that. Good. I mean, that's one of his strong suits, but it has to be yeah. so high. Like the, the margin of error is so slim. 
the margin for error for David Roddy is very slim. That's a great way to put it. I think, uh, really smart, really processes the game. Well, as well. Um, I really want David Roddy to be very good. I am just very skeptical that it is a thing. Um, okay. Last guy here, AJ green. I know what you're doing. Uh, AJ Green, I was rooting for a transfer. I was. I thought it would be Iowa State to play for his dad, who's an assistant coach. They're coming off. Iowa State is coming off a Sweet 16. They're crushing the transfer portal. AJ, 19 points per game at Northern Iowa. Shot nearly 40% from three. 92% of free throw line. Has a funky shot that, like, I think the Missouri Valley trophy is called, like, the Larry Bird Award for the MVP. And ironically, his jumper is, like, over the top of his head like Larry Bird. Uh, see in summer league. I, I don't. I didn't think that he was uh, an NBA draftable guy. Maybe late second if somebody just takes real value in the shooting. I would have liked to seen it every night against high major competition for a year. I agree. Uh, I wonder if someone has said they will give him a two way. Yeah, possible. Because he had two really good options like on the table here uh, with Duke and Iowa State. I wonder if there is like an option there where he is like, yeah, I'm really good with this. Yep. Uh, breaking news. Oh. Matthew Penny. Trevor Keels. Staying in the 2022 NBA oh, draft. Okay. I'm a little bit bummed by that. Yeah, I was bummed. And I think you heard my reaction. I was bummed. It's because I don't love Trevor Keels as a prospect right now and have a second round grade on him. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, as I'm scrolling, I do too. It, it's higher second round, it's 38th. I didn't love it. There's The draft doesn't bottom out, but there is a drop kind of after 25 for me, and it's just sort of that like muck of, of there. And despite it being June 1st, I still need a little bit more clarity. There were good things about being a strong off-the-dribble guy, but needs to add a little bit more craft and maneuvering to that. The shot has to return sort of more to that high school form. Uh, I, I don't know. More more time at Duke could have helped. I don't think the shot is all that versatile is my problem. He's so squared with it. I don't love it off of pull-ups. I don't love it off of movement. So he's basically a spot shooter who is like a 31, 32% shooter right now. So not a good enough not shooter. Uh, also 67% from the foul line. So like not abnormal touch, right? Um so I don't love that. I don't, I know that like he came in with like point guard, you know, like reps, I guess. And like point guard, you know, hype. I don't really see him as a point guard. Cause I don't think he's going to be able to break down defenses like at that level all that well. He's just a very thick bowling ball that like, yes. he's a power. He's like a power guard. And I just don't buy that working at the NBA level, I guess. Um, great defensively, though. Like, maybe maybe, maybe that's how he sticks. But I think that if I was – I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Because he's 18. He's so young. Like, he could thin out and, like, maintain it's, some of that strength at some really, point. He's like, really strong. He set all, like, the Duke basketball strength records this year for bench press and squat yeah. and this and that. So he he does have that that part of it. I I would have liked to see him around that young 
Duke core coming in of guys of Tariq Whitehead and Kyle Filipowski and uh, who am I missing? Derek Lively and, and Mark Mitchell. Like they, they have a, a, a lot of pieces at Duke too, but a, a veteran, they, they would also help their, their run that they're trying to make as well. And year one of John Shire post coach guy. Yeah. No, I agree with you that I think that would have been a better, I mean, better for Duke, certainly. You know, it's he has a chance to go in the first round. Like, there are teams that yeah. like him. I've talked to teams that have first-round grades on him. You know, whether or not those teams will end up with the picks where he is, I don't know. Um, it, it'll be questionable. But I, uh, I'm... I don't know. I'm a little bit bummed by that one. I wish that I wish that it. I wish I liked him more as a prospect and like understood it a little bit more. Is maybe the way to put it. Similar, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Finally. All right. Go ahead. Josh Minot, Memphis is staying in the draft, and I know you built this up, and a lot of people have built this up, and one of my opinion because I've been on the bandwagon for a long time. I actually had some hope when he was in the transfer portal, that he was going to go back to school. And, and it might sound crazy to, to hear because he needs time and reps, especially for extended stretches on the floor. It, it's harder to come by in the NBA. It's harder to come by in the G League. The raw tools are there as a, a 4-3 with size and versatility. The jumper looks better, but it still has a lot of yuck to it, still kind of sideways in a, in a fling. The combine thought was better as it wore on. I'm keeping my stock. I, I won't be cashing in anytime soon. I hope he didn't jump the gun on his developmental clock too. Where do you have Josh Minot on your board? Uh, seventh. No, I have him. You, you had the top Hollinger. <laughs> no, I didn't have him there. I have him in the forties. <laughs> yeah. I also have Josh Minot in the forties. I feel better now knowing that you're with me on Josh Minot. Yeah. I, look, I, I want, I want to be the not even contrarian. I, I want to have him like 28th and just the more I, I saw and, and read and heard and, and watched it. I can't, quite get there i love 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 john hollinger john has him at 10 and i can't uh can't get it i don't get it um yeah look and trevor keels is going to get a guaranteed deal at the end of the day absolutely right like that's the important thing here like he's going to be playing on real guaranteed money um we think right like we thought that about lou dort and lou dort didn't get a guaranteed deal he was on a two-way to start his career um, but I would think Trevor Keels being a Duke guy, like he'll, he'll get guaranteed money. I don't know. Like it, it's a fine decision. Like I, I totally am with it. Like I get it. It's just, I'm a little bit bummed, I guess. We're okay. Bummed. Mailbag. We, have, we have time for a few mailbag questions. Let's do it. Jump in. Let's see if I can actually pull up my mentions here. Mailbag time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Simon Rath gave us another good one. He's uh, the best. I just ate the best dry age steak of my <laughs> life, but it was pretty pricey. What's the most you've ever spent on one meal at a restaurant? Oh, that's a good question. I have a very bougie answer. Why don't you go first? Um, I mean, look, like one time after I think Laura got a promotion we went out and did like a $150 like per plate tasting menu kind of thing. It like yeah. a very famous, um, like well-known steakhouse thing at, uh, in LA or like butcher in LA. 
Uh, I was kind of similar. This was, man, so my son's three and a half. So it had to be about three years ago, this time of year. It was in August, and I was out in California doing Steph Curry Camp in San Francisco. Napa Valley is about an hour from there. So mm. my wife flew out. It was the first time our trip, kind of without our son. And we went to this five star i don't even know what the michelin like star ratings what the number is but like whatever the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. highest one is so it was price fixed for like a couple hundred dollars a person plus the wine it was like a million courses it wasn't french laundry but it was like something of that ilk yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so it was good but it was also like let's just do the experience and pretend like we know what we're doing in here so that was definitely the most <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic yeah, yeah. and laura and i, I have done like maybe. Yeah, we've done like a couple of like there was a place in LA called Nora that was in Hollywood that mm. like, you know, $80, you know, a plate or $80 a person for like, you know, tasting menus. Like we've done a few of those. Um they're almost always good. Like Oh, it was, really it was like good, food. but it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to come back next Thursday and do the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm still paying no, that off my credit card. <laughs> okay. Uh Matt, you should answer this one from Andrew Beckner at AFrost32. Could Peyton Watson follow a similar path to Brandon Boston? Who do you like better coming out? Uh, who did basically like, did you like Brandon Boston better coming out last year or Peyton Watson better this year coming out? Peyton Watson better this year. I don't want to put him on the same plane and say he's going to go 52nd or, or so and then have these breakout moments where Brandon Boss had like a 20-point game against the Celtics when I was watching. I'm like, oh, of course. But that that's kind of your your hope. Like that would be your, your best-case scenario. I'm higher on, on Peyton right now, but probably higher on like two, three years down the road than like right this moment. Hmm. <laughs> Someone from Mr. Mr. Single Malt. Are you still convinced the Mavs will give Golden State problems? That's for me. I picked the Mavs <laughs> to beat Golden State uh, on Wait, the other Tab NBA show that I do. Didn't they give them problems, though? Uh, no? Not enough? Okay. Well, but, yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a bad pick, Matt. Uh, I, am, I am a moron is, is the accuracy there. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Which player in this draft would you feel most comfortable throwing into tomorrow night's NBA finals game for 15 minutes? Uh, basically, which one do you think would survive best? Uh, even more so than just like, like, let alone add something. Hmm. This person gave a couple of picks, but I want to uh, let you give the floor first. Uh, you're going to yell at me. I'm going to say Keegan Murray. Um, because the reason Keegan is he can shoot, he can stretch the floor a little bit. He has size that he can switch. I don't think he makes a ton of mistakes. He can get out and transition, be a change of pace. That's why I, I think that he would be the best out there. I mean, you look at your top 10 and, and my board is, is a little different than you. Chet, probably not ready. Jabari, maybe, but you worry a little bit. Jaden Ivey, maybe. Um, go on Keegan Murray. That's my pick. It's a tough question. Actually, sort of depends I, on the sort of depends on the team too. You it depends a lot on the like team. A, it's tomorrow night, right? So it's how does he fit on Gold State or or with Boston? I think my answer would be Jabari because I think you could easily slot him into a three and D role a little bit more. Um, 
I don't think any of them would be like very, very highly successful. Um, Paulo, like you could sell me on like Paulo having like, you know, a 15 to 18 point night, but then like another night being, but like another night being like terrible and like almost unplayable. Um, I, well, I don't for, know for for the Celtics. And that, that's not that's not a diss on Paulo. I'm sorry. Like I, I don't mean that as like you know Paulo can't defend and all that shit. Like I just mean like it's really fucking hard to be a teenager in the NBA Finals. Like yeah, that that's that's why the answer is hard for the Celtics because of Rob Williams' injury. I would say Mark Williams, like just be a rim protector, rim runner, mm-hmm. catch lobs because that's really all the Celtics would need. We're not like oh you need a shooter out there. You need some time for 15 minutes a game where Al Horford can get a breather and, and Rob Will can come in. And he's questionable on the, the injury report. So I'll, I guess a, a five is a better answer. Mobile five. Yeah. Yeah. I think my answer would be Jabari Smith, but I don't feel great about it, I think is what I would say. Good like question. I don't know that I feel great about anyone of these guys going into the NBA Finals tomorrow. No, I don't either. But last year, I would have felt great about throwing Cade into it and just being like, fucking go. Yeah, and he would go. Okay. Uh, from Scooter McNeese. Shout out to Scooter. What up, Scooter? What a great guy. Do you think the Nets made the right call on deferring the 76ers first round pick traded uh, in the James Harden deal, I believe, to 2023? The answer is yes, yeah. for sure. And it's just because you never know what Joel Embiid's health. Like it's worth taking the roll of the dice. Like there's very little difference between pick 23 and 29. There's a world of difference between if Joel Embiid gets hurt 10 games into the year next year and they end up picking 10th or something like that than 23. So I think you had to defer the pick basically. Yeah, it's more that it's not reliant on, well, we just don't like the guys in that 20 ish range. It's more about Joel Embiid's health. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. Who in this draft has an outlier skill? Uh, Danny LaRue calls it the undeniability factor, despite their pre-draft flaws. So like he's bringing up specific skill that is just like, this shit is going to translate. So like Brandon Clark's floater, right? Or uh, Herb Jones's defense or Tyus Jones's assist to turnover ratio, where he's just like not going to turn the ball over and be like mm-hmm. very steady. What 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 skill basically is like the underrated skill that is going to translate? Oh, I don't know if I'd say underrated. Jeremy Sohan's switchability on, on defense. I don't think that's like not going to work for him to guard multiple yeah. spots. I, I just used him, but Mark Williams shot blocking. I don't think that's like going to go away. Those are the two that that pop the most. I don't want to say shooting because. Like I would have said the shooting last year, Corey Kispert. It took Corey Kispert like 50 games to figure out like, oh yeah, that's how I do it again. Shooting's a, a tough one that doesn't like flip the switch right away for everybody. I'm trying to think of like a specific skill that someone has to like answer this question. Um, Jabari Smith has a move where he can basically just like get to his pull up wherever he wants. It's like this left-hand dribble into this spinning turnaround, like going back to his right, 
where like he'll elevate while wrong footed and then like fixes alignment in midair mm-hmm. and just like sink it. And it's just like, this shot is completely fucking unguardable <laughs> even for NBA players. Yeah. And I don't know how anyone's going to stop it. Like, and he's going to get better at it because he's, it's unguardable now at 18 he's going to get even better at like being efficient, making that shot by the time he's like 22. Like, yeah, I'm pretty firmly a Jabari guy. That's a good one. It's it's tough to block anyway. And once you get to like a few little tricks and and release timing stuff too, it'll get better. Yeah. That that question is from Mo, Mother Momo. What up, Mother Uh, Momo? Um, okay. Uh, Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, this is, this is the question we're going to end on. This is an amazing question Okay, from RMJ equals hero. If a team of five Jack salts (laughs) plays a team of five Kia Clarks, who wins and why? Oh, Kia Clarks. Has to. Get up and down. Spread them out. Run run the, the mini uh, one-to-one ball screens. What are they going to do? Go drop coverage? Hedge? Let's throw it between, <laughs> throw it between your legs. It's not the Jack Salt. They're going to try to play slow. We'll get up and down. I love this question. That's like, that's like do you want to fight a duck like every day? Or do do you want to fight like a a goat like once a month? Like there's a duck in your car every day. Or do you want to fight a goat? Like I don't know the answers to these. I I, I really don't. But like those are the, the type of things that, that this is the, along that continuum. I guess. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think the answer is the Kia Clarks. Oh, yeah. And I That's think it's because the Jack Salts would struggle <laughs> to dribble the ball up the court. Um, the Jack Salts was, is a great name of like a college dive bar band, by the way. Who's playing tonight? Oh, uh, the Jack, Jack, Salts. Jack Salts. All right, not bad. Stop by. Yeah. Have a couple. Okay. Here, here's a good one. If the game is a half-court game I might go between Jack Salts. the five Kia, Sol- Kia Clarks and the five Kia Jack Salts. Salts. Half court, it might go salts. You don't like you're not going to get winded if you're just playing three point line to the rim and back, just clearing out past there. You clog the lane. Guess... You can just play your jack salt zone the whole time and, and dare must shoot. <laughs> I can't believe this is a question. You want to fast and loose? This is as, as loose as you get. Just to be clear, <laughs> your jack salt zone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the jack. I think I would <laughs> still go Ka Clark's. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Someone made the graphic. Half court pickup game of Jack we'll Salt. Penny, do you have anything else before we just end our like uh, put, I, put I, this I podcast you, out of you, its you, misery? <laughs> Highest ranked NBA draft podcast on the internet. I, I've watched a lot of film this week, and I, I went away from Memorial Day with my family, so I didn't watch a ton of TV. I did watch the first episode of Stranger Things, and it was nice to have it back. I know you're like done. You've watched it four times over. I saw you tweeted about like episode seven. I can't even fathom uh, a seventh episode right now. It's 1030 at night. We have the NBA finals tomorrow. I will get there. But the first episode, 
I liked my one call out was this. The kids are going through adolescence, right? They're older. It's, it's natural. Yeah. It's life. They're, they're playing high school students, which is normal. That's their age. But I felt like they looked like an SNL skit where they have like those characters play like high schoolers at times, like Horatio Sands, is like, like a high school student, yeah, like those yeah, type yeah. of crossovers. Uh, and that's life. That, that's part of growing up. They're not like the little kids they were anymore. The problem isn't the little kids. I think it's more like Joe Keery, Natalia Dyer, like yeah, the next those age people. Group like up. like yeah. Joe Keery, I think is like thirty now. Yeah, at this point. And <laughs> right. Joe Keery's amazing. Like shout out Steve Harrington. Like I'm all in. On but you can but you can only brush your hair like a certain future. way to look like a year younger, right? It's like at some point, it's yeah, you're you're thirty, man. Yeah, like Joe Keery was the third lead in like one of the top 10 movies of last year by (laughs) box office. Like think about like free guy somehow made a shit ton of money. Like he's about to be a very big star. Uh, He is still just also like very old playing a like 19 year old, 20 year old. Yeah. I I think sort of, sort of that age. Right. Yeah. It's like when Tom Welling was in Smallville and he was literally like 30 years old playing a 17 year old. (laughs) Right. It's always it's always for high school. It's not a look of like, man, that guy's like twenty six. Like I get it. He looks younger. Soundtrack's awesome too. They they've clearly invested a lot of money to that. Like every five minutes was a new song. I'm like, man, how much does the rights to that cost? But I don't think there was much of a budget for this thing. Just like do it. Blank check, do it. This thing's gonna be a, a smash no matter what. Oh, uh, Penny, you haven't even gotten to like the soundtrack stuff yet. It Ooh. it it like gets there, there is a scene in episode four where you're going to be like losing your mind. Is it, it is. <laughs> is it eleven versus a uh, Demogorgon over Tom Petty's American Girl? Because if so, I am very in. <laughs> I mean, Duffer Brothers like hoop ideas, <laughs> Stranger Things <laughs> ideas here. <laughs> oh man, that's good. But I was. Uh, it's it's nice to have some Netflix stuff in the hopper that I, that I want to watch and I, I look forward to. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, Stranger Things is amazing. Uh, I, this season was phenomenal. Um, and I'm excited for the last two episodes here. Won't say anything else. Um, I saw Morbius. Ooh, okay. How's that? My advice, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Lauren and I started watching Obi-Wan last night. And? Good. Pretty good. Yeah, like... I'm happy to spend time with Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Hey, it's boys. I- I'm happy to spend time with uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex because Jurassic World Dominion, I don't, I don't even know the name of it, comes out this weekend. I'm going to do my darndest to sneak in. I think it's 146 it minutes. Oh, God. It, you think you're right. It is next weekend. It's the 10th. I think isn't it's it? next weekend. Oh, God. I think you're going to well, be in Vegas for it. I retract my statement. I'll be at a, a camp at IMG. I will not be at that. Dang. Ruined it. Well, it's coming up so soon. I don't know if Australia gets it early like Top Gun. Well, you have to. You'll have to go see that with Jackie, won't you? Mm, probably. My I, uh, my son's obsessed with dinosaurs, and I, I've talked her out of. Uh, I don't think that's a good first in theater movie. Like, oh, it's IMAX. Has Avery like, seen uh, Jurassic Park yet? Uh, he has seen scenes on YouTube, so we're like ready to like turn it off. Uh, so yeah. he's, he's seen like the the iconic the rainstorm, the electric fences are down. Here comes the T Rex and. At one point, he turned to me and goes, Daddy, this is too scary. Turn it off. Said, All right, man. Oh, gotcha. really? We're, we're not there yet. Yeah. He wasn't like oh. nightmares, but he he recognized this was uh, this was over his head. We weren't quite yeah. ready to to do that. Yeah, I get that. Sorry, Dr. Grant. We will get there. I promise. Okay. 
Penny, tell the people where they can find you on the internet, where they can find your work. Find me on the internet at Matt underscore Penny on Twitter and hopefully back here once we rest and rejuvenate and run it back in a week from now. It's really a shame. So we, we podcasted for an hour and a half. Like Drew Timmy does not have much time left. That's so. kind of the, the last one. I, I had a list of like on the show once I was waiting for. That's like the last one. Yeah. He's drawing um, it out. I he hope knows we, what he's doing. We don't know what Drew Timmy is going to do. Like, I just want to make that very clear. No, I don't, so, I like, don't know. Yeah. The first five minutes of this podcast could look very dumb in, <laughs> in an hour. Um, we'll make a retraction. Yeah, we will see. Okay. Uh, I will have a top 100 update maybe later this week. Uh, I'm going to send it off basically tonight, tomorrow, whenever we get our final pre-draft decisions. Uh, I think that's all I've got for folks. So please remember, rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to support the show. We will be back next week or actually later this week with someone that was previously mentioned on this podcast uh, to discuss some NBA offseason previews. Uh, until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.